Welcome, Rink Rats, to this Blackhawks Hockey Rinkcast episode 13. Maybe we'll call it 12 and a half. El Gato and a half. Exclusively sponsored by the premium hockey outfitters at puckhockey.com. That's P U C K H C K Y.com. Use the discount code The Rink and you'll get 10% off on all of your orders. Uh, today is Wednesday, January 31st, 2017, and I am Jeff Osborne, better known across the interwebs as Gatekeeper. What's up, jerks? Today, I am not joined by my good friend, co-host, and fellow grumpy old guy, John Jekyll. He is under the weather, so I decided to throw together a special little half episode just to kind of wet your whistles a little bit. Um, I had our newest writer over at the uh, rink, the dash rink.com, uh, Tyler Majewski, who's taken over uh, a lot of, uh, you know, the previews and some of the recaps. And uh, he's really been a, a, a bright light as far as what the, you know, the newer writers that we've, we've brought in. So I wanted to, to, to kind of introduce you or introduce him to uh, all of you formally on the podcast. So I asked Tyler if he was doing anything uh, and, uh, he was free, so I asked him to come on. And, and also, since uh, the Blackhawks just came off of a game where they played the Preds, I thought we'd have our good friend Mr. Patrick Judge from the band Demon Hunter on, uh, because I know he was very happy that the Blackhawks were able to win. So uh, we uh, we got together. We'll talk a little bit of hockey. Just kind of. Uh, like I said, wet your whistle a little bit. We're not going to go into any deep dive stuff about trades or anything like that. Save that for our boy Johnny. Uh, you know, this weekend I think we're going to drop probably drop another episode in a couple of days, where John and I will kind of go a lot deeper into what the Blackhawks have to do, possibly going into the trade deadline, and uh, with or what they should or shouldn't do. Uh, I kind of allude to some of this stuff in the interview with uh, Tyler and Patrick, but. Uh, you know, just like a little bit of good hockey talk. I think, uh, you know, I, we owe it to all you fans. So uh, without further ado, I'm just going to turn this over to Tyler and Patrick. All right. So we have our newest writer here at the rink.com, the dash rink.com, uh, Tyler Majewski. And we also, of course, as I mentioned, we have Patrick Judge, our friend from Nashville, Trashville, Smashville. <laughs> uh so i figured since jj's sick uh you know we would throw a little something together since they played the preds last night and i know you highly enjoyed this patrick and uh mm-hmm. tyler you know uh he's been putting in a lot of hard work for us uh he's you know one of our new bright writers so uh i figured we have tyler come on and kind of uh introduce him formally to the podcast uh i know people on the website have uh, heard him but so tyler i mean you kind of came out of nowhere to me. I mean, I think you kind of contacted JJ and we talked to Jekyll and, uh, but tell me what, what interests you in like writing about the Hawks and, and, uh, you know, kind of what's your background as far as hockey goes. Yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, always fun to talk some Hawks. Uh, so I don't have to talk off, uh, my dad's ear about every <laughs> single game detail. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, um, I've been following John for a long time on Hockey Buzz, and I'm all over the the blog sphere as far as the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw you guys posted about needing some writers, so I figured, um, what better way to have a little voice in the Blackhawks community than doing some, you know, uh, recaps and previews and uh, a little podcast here and there. So it's been good. It's a good way to 
kind of get out the thoughts and it's been um one of the more interesting years for the blackhawks that i can remember yeah contentious Um, for sure yeah yeah so um i kind of grew up in that um era of three thousand people at the uc and you know i remember going to a steve sullivan hat trick game against the bruins when you could hear the goalies swearing from the 10th row and (laughs) um You know, so I've been through been through it all as a Hawks fan. Uh, actually, went to the Kane and Taves first practice um, at rookie camp. Met like Dustin Bus- Bufflin, Adam Burrish, all those guys. Um, so I've kind of been been with them since the beginning. And then, um, you know, I played travel hockey for the Cyclones at Fox Valley Ice Arena as a kid. Um, so, you know, always been a Blackhawks fan. Been skating since I was three. Playing some subbing in some adult leagues here there. So. Um, so yeah, just, you know, love hockey and love talking about it. And cool. um, so yeah, that's kind of what I'm up to. Yeah. Some, some other interests that you play college football. (laughs) I I realized that I figured that out. uh, Yeah. I played D3 college football at Concordia, Wisconsin, um, just North of Milwaukee. Okay. Um, and then after graduating, spent a year as an intern at, for the Gophers at Minnesota, um, and then now just kind of looking for the next coaching job. You know, it's a tough business to get into, but uh, definitely have a passion for sports and football is my first love. So um, trying to get into that as well. So. That's awesome. Cool, man. Well, welcome. Welcome to the uh, family, the, the rink family. Thank you. Thank I mean, you. It's, it's nice. Uh, we've been pretty lucky. Uh, we, we carried over some people that we knew from other sites that, that, that kind of came over, but um, you know, it's, it, some places complain that they, they, they get a lot of uh, a lot of riffraff, <laughs> a lot of people who aren't dedicated. But luckily, John and I haven't I haven't had that problem yet. Even when I was at doing Puck and Hostel, um, we did not have that. We had a lot of people who were willing to help out and stuff and and, and put their time in and for for little to no money, which is basically no money. But, you know, they, they just love the sport and uh, kind of like me and John do and want to talk about it. So, um, yeah, it's cool. Super cool, man. Welcome to the group, and uh, we we hope to have you around for a while. We hope your star doesn't rise too high above us, and and you forget about us. Down <laughs> yeah, there. I don't I don't think that's gonna happen. So, uh... <laughs> cool. So yeah, and we have Patrick, my friend, my good friend. Good to Patrick be here. Church. Yeah, um, we were texting back and forth yesterday with the Preds game. So, I mean, w- we could all talk about this, but uh, so <laughs> the Preds game yesterday. I mean, that's the the, the big topic of. Uh, of everything uh you know the the hawks they came out of their came out of their break and they've been doing okay they've been doing all right but uh this was going to be their big test and uh while it didn't go perfectly um they won on the road in a tough place so i mean you know it's two two points in regulation in regulation against a team in their same division so they stole you know they didn't really make a lot of ground in the standings but you know, it was a win. Start. Yeah, it's a win. So, I mean, uh, how, how was it in your household last night <laughs> since well, you were in the my... divided household? <laughs> yeah, it is. The, the funny part about it is that my wife actually went up to go to sleep, which was great because it can get, you know, ugly pretty quick. <laughs> and I'm like sweating bullets watching this game. You know, I just every I'm just so nervous because the Predators, they just somehow they're able to just pull one out at the very end, like the last second. It just, it drives me insane. But, uh, yeah. I, I had half a mind to go and wake her up after the game was over and, and 
let her know that they in fact lost. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was, it was nice that they came out to to that, that lead early on. And uh, yes, cause that, that really was, uh, settled a lot of stomachs. I would say. I was thankful that it wasn't the, uh, the Jeff glass experience <laughs> and that they actually had, uh, they didn't have uh, Pekka in the net either. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, yeah, that, that kind of worked out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I was out with, uh, one of our followers, uh, Billy, Billy, the terrible, uh, we were out yesterday at, uh, watching it at a bar and, uh, he was looking at his team, his, uh, fantasy team, and he, he had accidentally started Pecorine. So, <laughs> <laughs> but he also had Vinny Henestrosa who had the goal and assist. So, uh, that was good for him. Yeah, that worked out for him. So. But yeah, so shout out to my boy Billy. But uh, what do you think, uh, Tyler? What did you think of the game yesterday? Um, you know, I th- I think it's a big win, but I don't know that you can put too much into one game, especially with this team. They just been so inconsistent. It's hard to predict what they're going to do on a night to night basis. Um, but I mean, you got to give them credit. You look at the Predators lineup, and they're just stacked everywhere. They got Mike Fisher coming back now. I mean, they're just <laughs> you know. <laughs> you know they're they're a great team you know so for the hawks to go on the road and play in that environment and get the win was was a big deal and you know i think giving forsberg the opportunity to play you know it's good to see him get going because you know jeff glass is just not going to cut it he's been a nice story but um definitely not someone that can help you win a string of games like they need here so Boom. Nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, of course we, we've all talked about the Jeff glass experience. I mean, it's, it's a nice story and everything. And it's, it's a lot of smoke and mirrors that, you know, they can use to mask the other problems that are going on. But you know, it, Anton Forsberg had to be their guy. Uh, if they're going to ride glass, it's not, you know, who knows when Crawford's going to be back. Uh, he has still hasn't skated yet. Uh, so, you know, honestly, I was thinking last night as I was watching the game, I'm like, you know, does it even matter? Does it even matter if if, if Crawford comes back and they barely right. squeak into the playoffs? I mean, what good is it going to do? They're not going to make a long run. They're not. They're just not good enough team. So, you yeah. know, maybe it is better if you just shelf Crawford, let him heal up, you know, whatever goalies you want to ride out the season with. Uh, whether it's, you know, Forsberg and Glass or Forsberg and, you know, Barube or whatever you want to do, ride out the season, play the hell out of the youngsters, um, you know, we'll, we'll see what they can do, see what they got, just throw them out there and uh, and take a loss. This is a deep draft, so mm-hmm. maybe you can, uh, you know, not only, you know, use your first-round draft pick, but maybe you could, you know, acquire a draft pick for something. Um, and I don't want to speculate on any trade stuff because I'm going to leave that for John. We're going to, John and I are going to do like a big catch up episode probably this weekend. So, uh, by the way, like I said, JJ six. So, you know, shout out to our boy Jaco cause, uh, he's, he's battling the flu right now. So we're kind of, uh, oh, brutal. Yeah. We're kind of running blind. Well, not blind, but you know, running without one of a, with three wheels instead of four. <laughs> So, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk more about what I, what I'm thinking about as far as like the trade stuff goes. But what I think is that I really honestly think they should just shut it down, shut Crawford down for the season, put him on LTIR and you don't even have to use the, 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 the long-term energy reserve. I mean, the, the, the cap space that you get, you would gain from that, 
but just set him down, let him rest, let him get healed, let him take the summer to get properly healed. I come back next year, next season. But, um, you know, at this point, you struggle to get into the playoffs and you may, you know, if you rush Crawford back, you may risk him, you know, having a worse injury. Um, I don't know that it's worth it. I really don't. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree. That was actually one of the notes I had made before uh, this podcast was, um, you know, would it be better for the Hawks to make it to the playoffs or would it be better for them not to? You know, the fan in me obviously says, yeah, let's make it to the playoffs. Let's see what happens. Um, But at the same time, like you're saying, maybe shutting down Crawford, trading some guys, giving the young guys some time, you know, and then it also could force the issue of, firing Bowman possibly or Quinville, you know, I think that they need to make some big time changes um, to their organization. And I think if they make the playoffs kind of have that, you know, Chicago bulls effect where they just keep the status quo because they're making the playoffs and you know, that's all great. And then nothing changes. Yeah. I'd rather mm-hmm. get out of the mediocrity and back to the greatness of, you know, those three cups. So I think that they benefit more from missing the playoffs. Yeah. And if you look like, historically you know, like look at the penguins now uh you know they were they were really strong for a while and then for a couple of years you know they didn't make the playoffs and they were able to retool that way with some young players um with still an older core and come back now and and win two the last two stanley cups and you know now they're hitting their stride again where they may threaten for a third i don't think yeah. they will but they're still threatened they could still threaten for it so it's like Maybe, you know, a year of missing the playoffs and in a deep draft is ideal for what the Blackhawks need. I mean, they, you know, they got Yoki Haro last year, which is all good and well. But if you could, you know, get a top 10 draft pick this year or, you know, even better, a top five draft pick this year, you know, who knows what could happen around the draft deals could happen. You never know something crazy, something crazy could happen, you know, but, uh, you know, Rasmus Dallin is like, he's the next Eric Carlson. And, uh, you know, if you're not going to make the playoffs, why waste the chance at maybe trying to get some kid like that or, 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 or the Kachuk kid, you know, there's, there's, there's at least four or five like solid, uh, draft picks that, that they may be able to worm their way into, but, you know, throwing that all away for a chance at playing four more games that you're probably going to lose. I don't, I, I'm willing to yeah. take a, a year loss where they could come back. And a lot of it too is like, uh, you know, the, the, the organization doesn't want to show that they're, you know, they've given up or that um, they're not going to be good that, so that the season ticket holders don't renew. And uh, you know, the money isn't made where they want it to make, but, if you say blame it, blame the uh, blame this season on the Crawford injury. Say you know what our, our goalie just you know he got injured and we had a off year, and they get a high draft pick that they can then march out like Alex DeBrinket like they used to like they did for him, march him out in front of the crowd like you know this Kachuk kid or I, I they probably couldn't get Dalene but you know Kachuk or there's a like a handful of guys that they could march out in front of this fan base this summer. And say, mm-hmm. hey, this is the next great Blackhawks, the next Patrick Kane, the next Jonathan Taves. 
the next Duncan Keith, whatever. Maybe that's what they need to do. I don't know. I mean, I think I'm kind of sold on that idea. Yeah. I mean, at this point, yeah, I think we all are. Cause we all realize the team isn't all that good, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I think going back to looking at the Preds lineup, you know, yesterday and you compare that with the Blackhawks lineup against them or, you know, the Blackhawks lineup for 2015 or 2013. I mean, it is tremendously different as far as scoring depth and uh, defensive depth. I mean, that, top four of Keith and Seabrook and Jalmerson and Oduya was, you know, as good as it could get in the NHL for that couple years stretch. And they, they have Duncan Keith running on, you know, like a spare wheel and I can't score a goal. And, um, and then a bunch of defensemen that, you know, maybe something, maybe not, you know, so there's just so much disparity in, in an actually cup contending roster and where they're at. And, you know, the young guys that they have of Hartman and Hinnestroza and um, guys like that, like, eh, I don't know. I, I don't think I that those guys are a part of a core or a, a bottom six for a championship team. So, you know, I, I think they need more larger scale changes. Yeah, um, I, they, they need something bigger. Uh, they're not going to where they're at and where they've been drafting. It's not necessarily an excuse, and I'm going to go into this because I'm actually putting together like a multiple-part multiple article that I'm going to be putting out in the next couple, probably the next week or so, uh, regarding you know drafts and development and stuff like that that I'm crafting. But if you look, like, you know, Debrinket's pretty much been, since Tara Vinen is probably the, the best prospect that they've had to march out in front of people, and now Sakur is going to be the next, but... Are these guys, you know, the next core? I don't think they are. You know, I think Sakura and uh, Brinkett are like the next, like, 1B maybe kind of core. Like the, the sharp, the supporting cast kind of thing. Where they could be yeah, solid behind, right. they could be solid behind some stars. But I don't know that they're necessarily stars. Yeah, so. I, th- I think that they need some definite top-end talent. I mean, you have Taves' production way down the last three years. Saad was supposed to resurrect him and score 30-plus goals, and he's got like 23 points this year. You know, So um, I-, I think those guys need to pick up their games, but also you have to surround them so- them with players that can create. Alex Dabrinkit, we've talked about it at length, is – he can't create his own opportunities. He's really good at finding those open holes and those shooting lanes, but he's not a guy you give the puck to like Patrick Kane and say, go score a goal, you know? So they need more guys like that. And then also to your point with their prospects, you know, look at the list of their best guys that they've had recently. Vinny Hinnestrosa, uh, Alex Dabrinkit, Dylan Sakira. I mean, Toivon Teravainen. These guys are all six feet under, less than 200 pounds. Sure, they're fast, but they don't win puck battles. They're a little bit soft. They, you know, don't fit in a bottom six role. So they need to bring in guys that are a little bit bigger that can also play with speed and skill, you know, like more like a Duclair or someone like that. So I think that's a big problem, too, is the type of players they're drafting. Yeah. Yeah. It, it- I get tired of the excuses because there are plenty of teams out there who have done well and have drafted decently. Um, but you know, they're, we're kind of letting, uh, 
then the media, I should say, is kind of letting it, letting Bowman off the hook with that. Uh, I, Tyler, I think you, you and I, and, uh, in kind of our little, like the rink, uh, group chat, we're kind of talking back and forth. And I listed off uh, once again, and this will be in my article too. the defensemen that have been drafted by the Blackhawks since, and I listed up the, I think 2004, Brutal. it was brutal the list wait till you guys wait till everyone sees this list it is brutal and then i looked up goaltenders which was even worse and then uh you know i'm, I'm gonna you know look at forwards too but that's gonna be the better news of the three but still you can't be that bad at drafting uh over a 10-year period and expect to be able to maintain like they've been very lucky with health and uh you know, very fortunate with that. So. Yeah. And I think they were lucky to kind of have that resurgence and, you know, remember those 2011 and 12 years where they kind of looked like they did do now where, you know, Kruger was young and Shaw just came up and, you know, they had all these young guys that weren't really ready. Um, and thankfully they made a nice trade for Oduya and um, kind of made that, that run those three years, 2013 through 15. But you know, it, it was looking like the window might have been over then, and they were lucky that some of those guys stepped up. Um, and Hosa stayed healthy, like you talked about. I mean, they had older guys that were playing really well. So um, I think, again, like you said, it goes back to drafting. In a, in a tight salary cap era, you have to be able to draft well consistently to sustain success. If you don't, you're going to do what they're doing now. So it's it's really disappointing, especially with how great they were for so long to see them, you know, looking like this. Yeah. They kind of have to basically just uh, play Russian roulette with free agents from Europe and some work, some don't like, right. you know, Panarin worked, Kentney really hasn't. So, you know, Kampf uh, uh, has worked, but you know, they brought over that guy, Martin Lumberg and uh, Lars Johansson. And they had brought a, brought a bunch of guys over from Europe that, that just did not work. And, uh, when, when you got a really, that should be like your secondary plan, but you're dra- You really needed to be able to draft and develop players. And, and they haven't been doing a lot of that until recently, the last couple of years, they've drafted much better, I think. But, uh, before like the last two years of drafts, man, they were pretty bad. They got lucky once in a while and you're going to get lucky, but like right. Assad or Shaw, you know, but you know, that's, that's another story altogether. So. Yeah, it definitely feels like they've had more prospects pan out from overseas than they have from their own drafts the last few years, and that's a big problem. Yeah, for sure. So, so Pat. Uh, uh, I was going to, if I could switch gears quick yeah, no, here, sure. just one little thing from more of in-game stuff. Um, so uh, with the power play, I know it's been terrible, and I don't want to jump into too much, but I was just wondering if I could get your guys' opinion on uh, Patrick Kane. It seems like on the power play – you know, they do that drop pass and, um, you know, when he gets the puck, it seems like everything just stops, you know, like a a basketball player and, you know, playing ISO or something, you know, the the offense stops and nobody moves. So um, I don't know what you guys think about Kane. Obviously he's their best player, but um, it just feels like everyone just wants to get the puck to him and just let him score. And you can't score consistently like that. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's about right. I mean, he kind of just they'll get him the puck, and last night, I mean, he just he'll just like dance with it and either lose it or or have you know wait for that pretty that pretty play. Yeah, and that 
that drives me insane. Well, the it whole... seemed like they did. They actually did a little better last night, but the they're constantly doing that, waiting for the the better looking play instead of just shooting the puck. Yeah, well, there's between John and I, we both have our uh, opinions as far as the power play goals uh, goes. Uh, his is more, you know, moving. He he wants them to move their feet more, which they should. Uh, I'm totally on board with that. My my opinion on, on the power play, and it has been for a long time, is they, they have to move the puck quicker. And I was talking about this with Billy last night at the bar, and I'm screaming at the TV uh, because they get on the power play, <laughs> and just like you said, Tyler, and uh, everyone sees it. Like, Not that I really want to pump up this podcast, but I, I was listening to the, the, the uh, Tracy Myers and Mike, Mark Lazarus one today because, you know, sometimes they have information that's, it's, you know, decent. Um, sure. And they describe the same thing that we all see that we just described. You know, they they enter the zone, they pull up, they hand it off to Patrick Kane. Patrick Kane stands there and dances around while no one moves. And then and yeah. then waits. And then there's a slow, deliberate pass to the point where that guy waits for everyone to catch up to him. And then that guy passes it to the guy on the other side, you know, where the, the old Panarin side where that person will wait for someone to catch up. And then they'll pass it back to the point where that guy will wait for everyone to catch up and, and get it, you know, and then sooner or later they get bored and they start getting frustrated and they throw one at the net and it gets blocked halfway to the net and it ends up coming back the other way. That's what happens yeah. 90% of the time with this power play. Oh yeah. Now, if they would, <laughs> if they would quickly, if they would, you know, tighten it up just a little bit, take a step closer to everyone, pass it quicker, just like tick, 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 tick back and forth. And then once you create a you know a mismatch where it opens up a lane, I'd let a, let a shot go. We saw like a couple games ago, Vin, they put Vinny Hinnestros on that first power play. He went oh, totally away from the normal script, which is you know the slow passing. Yeah, he actually he got the pass. He turned around. He made a little a little head fake on a player and drove towards the net with it and moved his feet. And they ended up with a power play goal out of it. You know, I don't remember which game it was, but they ended up with a power play goal out of it, which is one of the rare power play goals that they've gotten this year. You know, other than that, that yeah. stupid Senators game. So it's like <laughs> it's it's all simple. And even Laz and, and Tracy were saying this. It's not. It's not the the the. It's not the style they're playing as far as like you know what the coach is telling them to set up as far as a diamond or a umbrella or whatever. That's not it. Yeah. It's the players not performing when they're on the ice yep. and not doing things. Um, because yeah, you could, how many times have we, how many times have we seen Eddie Olchek over the years break down a play after a goal and get his crayon out and show the yeah. big, you know, the ice and oh look at Seabrook cutting through and then it opens up a passing lane and you know he breaks that whole da- whole thing down and it's oh that was a great play by you know Seabrook and Jalmerson used to do it all the time. Um, and it always opens stuff up. And that's just like you're saying, they're not doing that. Their defensemen stay in the same spot. Their forwards stand there. And that's kind of where I go to Patrick Kane. You know, he, he's not getting much help, but, you no. know, they do the drop pass to him and he loses it half the time. And then when he does get it in the zone, he just sits along the boards, kind of skates back and forth. And, you know, they just he plays catch with the defensemen instead of like trying to work it down low or get guys moving around. It's just, and then it's, forces, it's yeah, then he forces a low percentage shot, which may right. or may not even make it to the net. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's, uh, you, I hear a lot of people like, oh, they don't have any presence in front of the net. The puck doesn't get there. 
It doesn't matter if they have presence in front of the net. The puck never makes it there. Right. Like if you get and, Anisimov and throw him in front of the net, that's a presence in front of the net. And that's a big body in front of the net. And he's got decent hands. Oh, yeah. He may not be able to move and he may have a hard time winning a faceoff. But one thing he can do is stand in front of that net, scoop up rebounds and, uh, you know, cause a little bit of chaos. But if the puck never makes it there, it doesn't matter. You could have 30 people in front of that net. If the puck's not going to make it there because you're not opening up lanes on the perimeter, it's useless. It's it's pointless, completely pointless. So Yeah, and that's just like that. You know, they get the puck, and I like how you put it. They wait for everyone to get settled. Like, you know, they it's like they're waiting for the defenseman to to get in the, in the shooting lane so he can block the shot, yeah. you know, instead <laughs> of firing it on and getting a rebound. You know, it's and, – and they pass up chance after chance. Like, I think – a couple games ago, Henestrosa, you know, drove to the net on a power play. And instead of just shooting it and getting a rebound, he centers it to nobody and the puck goes the other way. And that's the end of the power play. Like shoot the, I was screaming at the TV, shoot the puck, you know, like yeah. The, yeah. the chance they had on a power play and he just throws it to nobody. So there it, it's, it's, it's a, a headache to say. To it's infuriating. Least. And it's been like this for a long time. Everyone is like, well, you got to fire Deneen. It's Deneen's fault. They've been through four or five different, uh, you know, assistant coaches in this, in this Quenville era. They've only been good on the power play two years out of like 10. What does that tell you? That tells you that there's something going on on the ice and it's not necessarily a coaching problem. Yeah. I think Panarin definitely hit a lot of that where, they would. They were very stagnant on the power play, but him and Kane could just do wonders with the puck and just had incredible shots that it masked their kind of issues that they have. Um, it almost made them worse, where they're just like, "Oh, let's just throw a one timer and score." Like it's not that easy, yeah. you know? Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and then and then you have a player on the team who what his probably his best asset is that he could he could fire the puck in Alex DeBrincat. And you don't have them out in that Panarin spot, like just teeing them up for one timers all day long. Mm-hmm. You should right. set them up right. for one timers and just let them fire them at the net, uh, because that's the one thing he does really well. So let him do it. Don't just don't you know don't dick around because I've seen him out there a couple times and he he's following their lead by he gets a puck and he kind of dances around and he stick handles and he stick handles and and then the lane closes up. No one time it. Let it go. Tee it up, man. You know, yep. you got an open lane to that net. Yeah. You need to let that thing go. He has such a quick shot, too. It would. It, I mean, it's definitely not as good as, as Panarin's, but he does have a really quick release. You almost don't realize that he shoots it until yeah. it's on the net, you know? So I think I totally agree. He should definitely be in that kind of spot. But um, yeah, I mean, you, 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 you want to pump these guys. They want to pump these guys up and they want to strut them out in front of the crowds. And this is our golden boy. This is their guy. This is, you know, the crowd's going nuts for, for the kid, the cat, all this, all this garbage that they throw out there, but you're not putting him in a position where he can actually really succeed. Like, you know, yeah. I think that goes to a larger problem of Q and Bowman just, you know, seeming to not be on the same page these last couple of years with Trevor Daly and now to bring it or Schmaltz. And, you know, he just kind of refuses to play certain guys and look at Trevor Daly. He's still, you know, I mean, he had a couple of really nice years with the Penguins and, um, you know, so I think that they just have a real disconnect in what they see sometimes. Um, and I think that's a big reason why they need to just clean house and start over almost. 
Well, we're going to see. I guess we're going to see this this year. But uh, I think it would be something different if they were to to do, like I said, and, and just shut it down. Stop playing yep. this game. Stop, stop, you know, blowing smoke screens. And because just be honest, this team is not that good of a team. And you have a chance here where you've already dug yourself a hole. And why don't you take advantage of that? Use it, you know, you look like a genius in the end if if it works out. But mm-hmm. uh, if it doesn't work out, like at least you gave it a shot instead of, you know, you're not going to trade for anyone of any quality. Um, I, and the question, there was one question that came up, which was, uh, should uh, should they trade for a goalie? And I think absolutely not. No. I don't think it. it, it I don't think it does any good. Like I, they're not going to get any goalie that's going to give them much more than maybe a win or two, uh, going down the stretch. I, no matter what price it is, but you're going to have to give up an asset for it, and they may only be a rental. And what not worth you, it? Yeah, it's not worth yeah, it at I all. Agree. That would be a really bad decision. I and I don't even if they were to go out and like try to get a top four defenseman, is it going to help? Not enough to get them through the playoffs to the Stanley no. Cup. You know, uh, are they going to get, you know, what, a center, a forward, anything like what what one player is going to put this this team in in the playoffs deep into the playoffs? None. You know, not not, not any they can afford no. know, other than Eric Carlson <laughs> or something. So I just think shut it down, man. You don't, there's going to be so many other buyers. They may be able to sell off some some assets that that they want to get rid of, like Kepney or whatever. But I mean, like I said, J- John and I will probably talk you know, much more about that this weekend, but they could probably unload some salary, clear some room to have room this summer to, to, to or, or clear some uh, room this summer to, to pick up an extra draft pick or something like that. Uh, you know, fill up, fill up the cupboard full of draft picks and just, you know, clean house in the draft and yeah. uh, see what you can come I up with. Now, now's a better time than ever to do a retool or something like that. You've got the Cubs who just did it, the White Sox doing it, Bulls doing it, you know, so as far as the fans and worried about marketing and things like that, you know, you'd still have Taves and Kane to come watch. And then, you know, maybe a city that's more welcome to the idea of rebuilding or retooling than you'll have in a while, you know, because of what's going on in the city and the belief that what the Cubs did can translate to other sports. So, um, I think that they should not hesitate at all. I think they should definitely, you know, trade trade some guys and get some assets back and um, do a kind of a retool more than a rebuild because I don't think it. They have top end guys: Kane, Taves, Saad, uh, Murphy under, um, you know, good cost certainty. So um, I, I think that they should definitely go that way. And I think you know, getting a goalie to replace uh, Forsberg. It, the goalies haven't been the issue. Crawford being out has kind of spotlighted the goalies, but I, I don't know that maybe other than one or two games, I can say, oh man, if we had Crawford, we really would have won that game. Like Forsberg really screwed us. Like it's just their team is too many holes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Pat, you know exactly. You're a big Cubs guy. So I know yeah. you you were behind the whole tank and the Cubs when they tanked. and Oh yeah. And they came out the other end on uh, looking good. So. Yeah, well, you know, I I think because of there's there is such an overlap between and and I'm not a Cubs fan at all, but I think because there's such an overlap between Cubs fans and and Blackhawks fans that um they embrace that Cubs teardown and uh that you know they kind of saw the the light at the end of the tunnel. I think that 
a surprising amount of people, and I think with the help of blogs, websites, the media, if it's done correctly and and ever and the media helps out, like there's not going to be a lot of panic. There won't be a lot of panic in in you know in Blackhawks land. No, I don't think so. So you know, I, I just it, they may go a completely different uh, you know <laughs> avenue. But I think this is the most reasonable. I think we all agree that this is like would be the most reasonable thing. Like right now, just start shutting it down. Do you need to sell some things? If you if you get a good offer at the at the trade deadline to unload some people, reasonably do it. If not, hang on to them to this, uh, you know, and and acquire some draft picks, and see if you can't get you know some some high draft picks, you know, reacquire a second pick, you know, second round pick, maybe even get another first somewhere. Um, again, like I, I'm kind of teasing what, what I was talking about yesterday with Billy, but I had some ideas, some bigger ideas. Uh, but John is, is more of the expert on that part of it. So we're going to work, we're going to wait around for him, but I just thought we had to, I, I figured it w- today would be a good time to kind of talk about things since we haven't really had a chance. And, uh, but, uh, I don't know. You got any, any other things you want to touch on Tyler? Uh, no, I mean, I think we, we kind of covered it all, you know, it's, you know, it's, even though there seems to be a new story every day with this team, it's pretty much the status quo of inconsistency and, um, you know, the, the problems with what they've done with trades and drafting over the last few years, really starting to bite them in the ass. So, um, yeah. you know, well, I think they, this will be an interesting off season again. Yeah. Well, um, they got, they, they got the game against, uh, the Canucks tomorrow. Which, oh, God, those nine o'clock starts are <laughs> brutal. It's even worse for you, Pat, because you're in the Eastern time zone. Yeah. So you got, yeah. that's a 10 o'clock start for you, man. Oof. Those games are brutal, especially against a team like the Canucks or the, I think they got the Flames coming up yep. to, you know, two teams that other than maybe a few young players don't have much to watch. So, well, the Flames um, aren't a bad team. They're not. I don't think the record reflects, but they got a good young team: Goudreau and Monahan, and uh, that Mike Smith's been better. Uh, they got some good young defensemen on that team. They're the de- they're a decent team, definitely better than the Canucks, that's for sure. But I know they're getting. They're, everyone's getting screwed by Vegas with, because uh, <laughs> no one expected that. So no, but it's a know. great story. Great Jeez, story. It's insane. Yeah. So I, I mean, Pat. So how's it been down there in in, in Trashville? Well, Has it was well, ever today, quiet today? Today everyone's just talking about Mike Fisher. Mike Fisher's coming back and is going to just make sure they win the cup this year. Yeah, a fourth line guy who's going to play seven minutes a night. <laughs> yeah, that's they it. just I, won all the country singers at the playoff games. Yeah, yeah. I was I was completely uh, trolling today, and no one even bit. Like they're. They they I have know, their mouth shut. I know you saw what I was trolling about about Fisher. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I was Same expecting day. to I was expecting a few loudmouth uh Perds fans to to come a come a calling and they didn't. Especially after they uh that that one blog, uh the Preds line or whatever. Oh no, I haven't seen that. What they uh where where the headline was that Preds face the worst team in the Central Division. Oh yeah, is their preview. Yeah, <laughs> and then the Black Eyes come out and beat them. That was just beautiful. Yeah, they won't. They won't say anything when they lose. See, they're they, they're, they're not learning. They're that's that's the problem with this fan base. They're they they are turning into what Blues fans were. Oh, oh garbage. Man. They are. 
and and they they think they deserve all this uh, respect, and they haven't earned any of it, and they just think you know because the team did well, now all of a sudden they're in the high, the upper echelon of fans, and they they don't know how to troll properly. They they're <laughs> yeah they they got a lot to learn. They they should sit back and and learn for a while. Oh yeah, I mean you you can't go out. I like. Anytime we go out and I've got a, a Blackhawks anything on, I'm I'm gonna catch some flack for sure. Well, I'm gonna have to come down there for a Preds game, and we'll 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 be decked out full Blackhawks gear from head to toe. Oh, you've gotta <laughs> do it. And I and I can start crap with the with the best of. Them. I can I can uh, talk trash with the best of them. So, oh, we have to do that. Yeah, that'll be a good time. Well, cool. Well, thanks guys for uh, jumping on with me for this quick little uh, off off the cuff uh episode um absolutely yeah um i will probably throw uh i mean tyler your uh your twitter is coach majewski uh we've pretty much uh you know kind of publicized that on the website and stuff and i've been adding your uh your twitter feed uh your, your twitter handle on all of your recaps and stuff so but uh and patrick judge i mean we've we We've we've pretty much talked about your stuff at length, but uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. <laughs> yeah, I'm. Uh, it's always good to talk Hawks, and uh, we didn't talk as much metal today, but that's all right. We, we that's all right. I know you're busy. You guys got a lot of work going on, so we'll save it for another time. Yeah, for sure, man. So, uh, all right. Well, I think that does it for us this week, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks for Thank having you. us. All right, man. We'll talk to you guys later. Well, I hope you all enjoyed that special little uh, ringcast that I threw together for you. That just about wraps things up. So uh, you can find all of our wonderful content at www.the-rink.com. You can find us on all of the popular social media at The Rink Official. Uh, you can find the ringcast account at The Rinkcast. You can find me at Puck and Hostel. You can find my boy John Jekyll at J-A-E-C-K-E-L. The uh, aforementioned Tyler Majewski is Coach Majewski, uh, just like it sounds, on Twitter. And then you have our boy Patrick Judge on Twitter as well. You can follow him on uh, Twitter. Uh, you can follow him on Instagram. He's uh, Vulgar Display of Patrick on uh, Instagram. And uh, I think uh, sometime this year we might be hearing some new music from uh, from a, a little band called Demon Hunter. So, uh Hopefully we'll have something uh, forward to, or something to look forward to. And uh, they uh, could possibly even be touring this year. So uh, that would be all good stuff coming from our boy, Patrick. So uh, anyway, if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes, rate and review us. Uh, we did have a new review this week. Uh, it was by the infamous Villy Polka, which I think I have an idea of who that was, but it was five stars. Uh, need more Villy Polka talk. So uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Quote-Unquote Villy Polka for that. Uh, but again, if you get a chance, please head over to iTunes, rate and review us. We would really appreciate it. Uh, the more reviews and ratings, high ratings that we get, the more listeners we get. We've had really good response. Uh, Pete Rutelli, we had a couple, you know, a couple uh, or last episode. He was really good. Uh, I can't wait to have him on again. We got to thank them and uh, all the guys over at Acme. Uh, you can follow Pete on Twitter. Uh, I think it's P. Rutelli. Uh, so uh, thanks again, Pete, for, for coming on a couple weeks ago. Um, 
I don't have any major last plugs, but uh, other than this weekend, look for a new episode to drop. Uh, me and John are going to get back together once John's feeling a little better. My boy, my partner, he's a little under the weather this week, and uh, I don't want to stress him out with doing podcasts and doing all this stuff. So he's been kind of laying low and getting his strength back together. So uh, everyone uh, give Johnny a little shout out and wish him you know, wish him well, and uh, he'll be back this weekend. Uh, but uh, I think that's about it. Also, like I, I mentioned in the interview, I'm going to be putting together kind of a little multi-part article uh, about some stuff having to do with Dan, Stan Bowman, drafting, things like that. So keep an eye out for that as well. Tomorrow, the uh, Blackhawks play uh, Vancouver, and uh, then they're also going to play Calgary, and so forth and so on. We'll see how that goes. Just take it one game at a time. So uh, thanks, everyone, for taking the time out of your business schedules to download, listen, and support us. Until next episode, see you on the radio.